to EST. If you love the established church, this is the place to have conversations about why the established church matters, how to better serve her, and to hear stories every week about how God is using the church for His glory and our good. The show is hosted each week by Sam Rayner, Josh King, and Micah Fries. We're glad you're here. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode here at EST, the podcast for established church leaders by established church leaders. I have my great friend Micah Freeze with me here today. Josh is struggling with the coronavirus, so he is—he's uh, desperately on the sick bed right now. What does he have? <laughs> I don't even know, but it's a lot of fun to think that he has the coronavirus. I mean, it's not fun for him at all, but it's fun for us to throw him under the bus while we're on the podcast together without him. I—I <laughs> I, I don't even—I don't even know what to say. Let's let's all <laughs> speculate as to why what, he what has. Josh has. And no, why I think he, he is sick. I just, I think he has some sort of a bug that's going around. And so he couldn't record with us this morning. So it's just you and me. So he's not like hung over from partying too hard after church last night or. I mean, it is Arkansas. You never know. <laughs> he went out with all of his deacons and. <laughs> that's exactly right. It's, yeah, it's that's just right. too early for him right now. <laughs> yeah, but we do miss him. I wish he was here. We are, it's always better when Josh is here. He is the spice of our life. You know, Josh, Josh does add a little spice and I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for that. You, you add reason and I'm goofy. Um, I, I don't know that I would concur, but I'll take it. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I appreciate it. Hey man, why don't you tell us a little bit about our sponsor? Cause we have a An incredible great sponsor. sponsor for this yeah. show. We're so thankful for church initiative folks. If you don't know about church initiative, you need to get to know them. Church initiative really makes it easy for you to get their program started. All you need to do is identify one person who's interested in leading the ministry in your church, purchase a kit. It has everything you need for a 13 week video based support groups. And it helps you connect. Uh, then it gives you the opportunity to connect your volunteer with church in- initiative coaches. And they take it from there. church initiative creates incredible outreach programs. If your pastor can get behind grief share, or divorce care and recruit and promote promote it, you can build an effective, sustainable community ministry in no time. The videos have a documentary news magazine feel. They're really unique. It's one of the reasons people love the programs. Pastors and leaders frequently report that people come to Jesus while going through divorce care and grief share. People get involved in their churches. Marriages are restored. Lots of good fruit. I can speak to this personally. We do both divorce care and grief share in our church. We've seen incredible fruit from it, and I would encourage you to check it out. You can visit churchinitiative.org for forward slash EST to learn more or visit the show notes at samrainer.com to find a link. Thank you, Micah. Love their, love their stuff. And uh, that was very well done by the way. So (laughs) it's almost um, as if I used to work in radio, Sam. uh, Did you? Did you work? I did. I was, a, I was a DJ for a few years, had my own Monday night radio show and did the morning show for a little. In fact, you'll love this. I did the morning show for a little while at this radio station and uh, I had just Micah moved in the morning. morning. Well, it was, it was me and another person and the other person had to, to, was no longer there. And so our station manager jumped in to fill that spot for a little while. And my first day, I'm pretty sure it was the first day I was supposed to be on the air with the station manager. I overslept by like three hours and she did the show by herself. So mm. there you go. They, they kept you though, because it was, you've, they got, a did great, keep you've got a great voice for radio. <laughs> because I have a face for radio. 
<laughs> I did not say that. I love your voice. Though. <laughs> True story. That same station manager is the one who told me for the very first time, Micah, you've really got a face for radio. Oh, oh thank you. Well, that's what you deserve for sleeping in. on your I first did day. deserve it. I deserved every bit of it. So there you go. All right. So we have an important topic. It's um, one that it's tragic, um, but I think practical. And that, that's why we do this show is so that we can help pastors in real time. And there's, there's kind of some big things that are happening right now that I think warrant this topic. You've got, um, unfortunately, some tornadoes that have hit Middle Tennessee, a place that that's you right. and I both love. Uh, we both, you've lived there. I've lived there. Very I pastor I'm at now. I actually pastored in Cookville that got hit very yeah, hard. I'm not right. there now, obviously. Um, so the tornado, I've, I've, we lived in two houses when I lived in Nashville and the, the tornado split the two of them went oh, right wow. between both of them. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and this is, this is a, a pretty big community tragedy. Um, I've been through this with a hurricane hitting hurricane Irma. Yeah, um, yeah. So we've got that. You've got this, weird thing that's happening that I don't even quite know what to think about it called the coronavirus that Some is fear that it's going to become a pandemic I mean, yeah, all over the news and fears. Um, and then with that comes market volatility. The red, the fate had an emergency uh, meeting. They cut their cut rate rates, by yeah. 50 basis points. The first time yeah. this has happened since the financial crisis. You've and got there's a lot some of calling them for to cut it more. The, yeah. I, mean, I, I literally I, was reading appeals yesterday for them to cut it even more. Yeah. I am. Um, I'm not, uh, this show is not uh, a commentary on the Fed, but lay off, saying, Fed, you've already done enough. To me. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'll, I'll just hold my personal Demure. financial opinions to myself. <laughs> I'm, uh, just com- I'm just commenting on the fact that they've done a historic rate cut and there are those who are even calling for more yet. Yes. Which yes. is fascinating to me. Yeah, I'm a free market capitalist, so I'll just... So the markets it. did bounce back a little bit yesterday as we're recording this, and so that's, the, that's some good news. Yeah, no, 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 I, you know, I, I have noticed that. Um, so anyway, uh, the point is your people are feeling things. Yes. There, you know, if there is an event that is a natural disaster... If there is a market crisis, as there was in 08 and 09, I was shepherding as you were shepherding during that time. It was a very, I was in Southwest Florida. Mm-hmm. Very difficult time to shepherd people when they're losing yeah. their homes. Yeah, that's right. There's this whole coronavirus fear. As a pastor, okay, so you're the lead pastor, you're a church leader, or you're on a staff. What do you do? Like, you have to lead. Yeah. You can't yeah. just sit there and let things happen to you. You have to lead your people through it. So, Micah, you kind of add your thoughts here. Like, we've got all this stuff that's going on. Your people feeling it, my people feeling it. What do you do? Yeah, I think, uh, I think it depends on, to some degree, there is some sense that it depends on what the crisis happens to be, right? So, we've got, you and I have friends who pastor in the Nashville area uh, or in the Cookville area, which was, had even more deaths than the Nashville area. And what are they doing right now? They're not in their offices. They're in blue jeans and work boots, and they're helping serve families who have lost everything. They're pulling debris, you know, they're, they're, they're pulling debris and stacking it up, and they're trying to, they're, they're literally boots on the ground trying to help people begin to recover what has been lost. And I think if you're a pastor who's serving in an area like that, you got to do that. Uh, Agree. It is, it's all about boots on the ground. Yeah. All ministries get put on hold. We even canceled, uh, very rare for us, because I have a philosophy of you don't ever cancel your service for any reason. 
Um, if the trump sounds and Jesus comes back, then okay, you know, time to he, time he to gets stop. to make that call. But you Jesus know. makes that call. Short of that, <laughs> we're going to meet. But we we actually got we we canceled our gathering, our Sunday morning gathering during Hurricane Irma. Uh, yeah, that's it, right. It was so bad. And where was I? I? I mean, granted, I'm if you know me, I'm not I'm not very. I'd like to think of myself as macho and handy, and I'm not. I'm you know I'm a writer. Uh, so, uh, but I, I grabbed a chainsaw, I grabbed a bunch of chainsaws and we went out there and I did have to have, you know, a deacon show me how to use it. But, um, but I was out there in jeans and boots and all right, let's cut some trees down. And that's That's what the the good pastors in Tennessee, right? And that's what they're doing. That's exactly. Um, even if it's not their thing, they're out there leading the effort, uh, because that's where the need is. I completely agree with you. Everything, everything stops and you that's go right. right to that need. That, that's, the, that's the correct thing to do. You know, there's an old phrase in the political world, Sam, that all politics is local, uh, but it is equal. In fact, it's even more so true when it comes to ministry. All ministry is local. Yes, yep. there's stuff that happens on a national level. Yes, there's stuff that happens on a denominational or tribal or network level. But everything comes down to what's happening at your church, what, we, what you are doing in and through and with your church. That's uh, the priority and everything flows out of that. So boots on the ground matters. But, but let's just sort of roll back because you and I are not in the midst of tornado recovery right now. Now, it's not far from me. I mean, the tornado was two hours from me, but, but our people aren't having to live through that. But there is fear with the coronavirus. There is fear because, you know, there's been whispers that a recession could be in the offing for months now. And and the markets are not responding well to the coronavirus. Uh, Those fears are real. And those who lived through the recession of, what, 7 to 12, those years, um, are worried about a repeat, especially those who are getting close to retirement age. So what do we do? I think, first of all, I'm a big believer that followers of Jesus ought to be relentless optimists. Even in the face of debilitating pain, we are relentless optimists. Why? Because we know that our king wins. And even in the midst of temporary difficulty, Christ is going to reign. God is sovereign. His will will be done. And, uh, and even if we temporarily have to walk through tragedy, we know that in the end, we will enjoy forever with him. And so, first of all, we're relentless optimists, and I think pastors have to lead the charge. And one of the reasons why I think the church has not handled difficulty in the U.S. well is because we've had, uh, you know, pastors who would prefer to, to run toward negative than the positive affirmation that Christ is king. I'm not denying that humanity is broken and that depravity is a real thing. I'm just saying Christ is better. He's king. And so I think we model that in our own lives. I think we preach that from our pulpits. Trust in him. Um, Mm. He is enough, you know. And so uh, I I would say start there. First, if it's practically happening in your community, drop what you're doing, boots on the ground, serve people. From the pulpit, from the platform, we're pushing our people to trust and have confidence in Christ. What else would you add to that, Sam? Yeah, I I completely agree with your optimism Um, because – when a crisis hits, you don't want your leader standing in front of everyone saying, oh, woe is me. Look how bad this is. You know, how terrible. Um, we should all just feel so bad. Uh, no, you want your leader to, whether that's your, your government, your school system, you know, economic leaders, business leaders, you want them to say, we're going to get through this. I mean, that's the whole point of leadership is to take people from where they are to a better place. 
Um, and that's a very general definition of leadership, but to take this person from where they are to a better place. And you could also argue that that's discipleship as well in the church, mm-hmm. um, sanctification and yeah, walking right. somebody through that process. Yeah, but you take them to a better place. Don't, don't wallow in the negativity, uh, push through it, lead people with optimism, and you've got to be there. Presence is so important. So let's look at a biblical example of walking through the presence of tragedy, right? And that the book of Job is no better example. I, I can't think of a better example than the book of Job. Job loses everything, interestingly enough, through some a tornado is, mm. is at least part of it. And what is Job's response, right? He falls to the ground. He tears his robe. He covers his head with ashes. He is grieving. He is sorrowful. But in the midst of the sorrow, his argument is the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The point, I think, is when, when tragedy hits, it's okay for us to, to sorrow. It's okay for us to be sad. It's okay for us to feel the weight of loss. That doesn't have to contradict with optimism and a relentless belief that Christ is king and sovereign and he is going to be, we're going to be okay and he's going to be in charge. Both of those things can be a reality. But I think the mark of the, of the faithful follower of Christ, the mark of the really good leader is the ability to say, even through the tears, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We trust him. He's yeah. for us and we believe that he is going to provide for us even in the midst of tragedy and loss. Yeah, and I, I want to be I want to be clear here. So we know that we are to grieve with those who grieve, um, to weep with those who weep. When I, I'm not talking about the funeral where you're mm-hmm. sad with the person, I'm, we're talking about a crisis, a tragedy, yeah, that right. crux moment where leadership is absolutely required. You know, a tornado hits. There's devastation around you. There's a new or novel virus that no one understands. That's when leaders need to step up and say, this is where we're going. This is what we're going to do. So I want to be clear that I'm not diminishing the tragedy. I'm not diminishing the pain. There is a time to be there grieving with someone. But when you are a leader, you have to lead through optimism. You have to push people forward. Um, so this crisis moment is what we're talking about. It's, yeah, that's it's, exactly so, right. So question, what are you doing with the coronavirus at your church? Yeah, I mean, right now we've not done a lot. We've done some, we've had some conversations uh, relative to, you know, just making sure that things are clean, uh, that we're, you know, protecting yourself. And Be- Because at, the, at this moment, I don't know if you noticed the notification on your phone, but they just announced the first case in Tennessee. I did not. Your get governor, a just while we're recording this, wow, okay. said it's in Tennessee now. Yeah, I didn't know. I haven't seen that yet, and it so, doesn't surprise me. I mean, I'm two hours from Atlanta, and there have been multiple cases in Atlanta, you know, yeah. for the last couple of weeks. Um, but I think that's right. I think there there is a reality that we're going to have to um, be aware of it, and I, I mean, I think we push towards that, but we also are trying to be careful not to um, create panic either. You know what I mean? With, with the way we respond, but I'm Absolutely. curious, what are you guys doing at, at West Bradenton? So we put out a statement on Wednesday. Um, and it was, and, and if you're listening to this, what's Wednesday, right? Because <laughs> that's right. <laughs> the, the time frames get a little weird because we don't, we don't do this show live. It's recorded. Um, we put out a statement to our people that basically said, um, we're not, we're not going to be alarmists. You know, the threat is low, which is true. Um, wash your hands. When you get on campus, wash your hands. 
Uh, we're disinfecting toys. For those of you who have kids, we're regularly disinfecting the toys. Uh, we're cleaning our surfaces extra, um, just so you know. Don't be offended. So this is all the things that the statement said. We sent mm-hmm. out this big newsletter to everyone. Don't be offended if someone doesn't shake your hand, but please smile. Mm-hmm. Don't forget to smile. Right. Say hello, but just because someone doesn't shake your hand, um, don't be offended. And then we said, if you have symptoms, please. You know, Typically, we would never tell people not to come to church. Right. That's not what we do. But in this but case, if you, do, yes. if you have a fever, if you have symptoms, best for you to stay home for just one Sunday. Take one Sunday off. Let's figure this out. Um, so we put out a statement to everybody. We put it on social media. It was it was um, it, it was a very matter of fact statement. And frankly, these are a lot of things we're doing anyway. I mean, of course, yeah, we, we're right. always disinfecting the toys, uh, mm. but we're taking extra measures. We have extra uh, hand sanitizer stuff everywhere. We have extra stations. We put them in high traffic areas. We let everyone know this, mm. and, and we ask people to do their part. Yeah. Um, so it, it's more of a if we hadn't put out a statement, the question looms. Right, right. What are you doing? What are doing? you doing? Can I well, be safe if I come to your church? Yeah. And so we had, a, it, there were six <laughs> different points in this statement. I mentioned them all um, t- just to you guys right now. And, um, and we just said, all right, everyone will see you on Sunday. And it's basically like, calm down. You're fine. Wash your hands. Be safe. It's b- basically what we're saying. But it's leadership to put something out. Um, and I think that churches should be doing things like that. Uh, and I've seen some churches in Cookville. I've seen some churches in Nashville that on their social media, here's where you take donations. Here's yeah. what, you know, here's where we're gathering. If you want to help, here's what you can do. And these are churches right. that were hit. These are churches that are struggling themselves, but the leadership is providing avenues for people to know what to do. Otherwise, you end up with chaos, Right. And, and, and frankly, right. our, yeah, our own right. tribe, Southern Baptist, and I know our listeners are all over the map, but our own tribe, Southern Baptist, do this very well with disaster relief. I mean, they come in, there's a plan, they got boots on the ground. Um, I'm very proud of our efforts with disaster relief. I think that they do an excellent job. And so if you're looking for a good model from a big, on a big scale, the disaster relief team with the North American Mission Board, it doesn't get any better than them. They, they really are top notch. Yeah. Let's talk about, uh, Sam, a different kind of maybe sort of emergency that we potentially, uh, that, that, you know, is looking at us. We've mentioned it briefly. We have dealt with over the past few years, and that is the potential for a dip downturn in the economy. Yeah. Because that's one that will affect everybody. Coronavirus, it's not li- as likely. I was just quit doing a quick search online. I think if I'm reading right, the reported case here in Tennessee is about 90 miles from our church. So that makes it even more, uh, a little, a little bit more alarming. You know, we're going to have to pay attention to that. Time to get out that statement before Sunday. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But with that copy said, mine, just copy and paste mine. I actually already pulled yours up as you were talking. I pulled yours up and I'm getting ready to pass it around to our, some I, more people. Not to toot my own horn, but I will. Uh, two hours after I put that statement out, I started, cause I subscribed to a lot of email newsletters about two hours right. afterwards, I started getting, and I'm like, hmm, I recognize this language. <laughs> Well, thank you for the thank you for the resource, Sam. But I mean, here's the thing: the 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 coronavirus it's going to affect some folks. It's not likely to affect every church. Financial downturn will affect every church. Yeah. How do we think about it? How do we prepare? How do we lead through it? Yeah. So this is something that I experienced in the Great Recession. Um, we had church members who lived in million, what was a million dollar house. Um, and it's back in the day, th- th- that's just what the price of the house was. You moved to, right. we, you moved to Southwest Florida, you're going to pay a lot of money for a house, particularly when the real estate craze was going on. They lived here, they bought a house. They didn't know any better. They got set up in a loan structure that they didn't really understand. 
and all of a sudden they find themselves in a million dollar house that they can't sell. Uh, they have $600,000 in debt, $800,000 in debt. The house is worth now $200,000 or $300,000. They're upside down. Uh, they can't pay their bills. Their water gets turned off. Uh, in most cases, you would tell people, well, just sell your house. Well, mm -hmm. you can't. Mm -hmm. You can't. No one's buying. They were, I, had, I had church members bathing their kids in their pool. I mean, it was mm -hmm. just, it was horrific mm -hmm. uh, what was going on during the Great Recession. Now, I don't know that we'll ever experience that again as a nation because I think we're a little prepared. I mean, it was the worst downturn since the Great Depression. Mm -hmm. That being said, it's, a recession will happen. In fact, some are arguing that we're kind of right in it right now. Right. Um, I don't know that I adhere to that theory, but that being said, um, it will happen. So you need to make sure that your own, first thing, you got to get your own house in order with the church. If you have debt, it is time to get aggressive about paying down that debt. Yeah. Um, if you are thinking about taking on a lot of debt, <laughs> yeah. uh, best to think, Keep that debt to income ratio really low, as low as possible. As low as possible. Mm -hmm. um, you need to have three months of reserves, three months of expenses, at least three months of expenses in a reserve account. Yeah. Um, so from a you financial- need know, You need to know the difference between um, um, necessary expenses. So what portion of your budget has to be paid every month regardless of what happens and what portion can be, you know, can be minimized if necessary. Yes. Yeah. But I still like the idea of three to six months. Uh, I'm with you there. In a reserve account. I'm, I'm with you there. But I, I just, I've been having a conversation with a friend who's working with a church who's had pretty significant financial hit over the past six months. And that was one of the, the it, it, it took them a while to get, it probably took them a couple months to get down to, here's the, here's the money we actually have to have every month. Hmm. Uh, just because they'd never had to consider that before. Right. So if you've got a million dollar budget, and what I mean by budget is you're, you know, you have a million dollars worth of expenses every year. Um, you need to make sure that you have about two hundred fifty, three hundred thousand dollars in a reserve account. You know that would be that would be wise. Right. Um, and, and by the way, anything more than that, anything more than three months, six months, uh, people stop giving because it's like, oh, we got plenty of money in the bank. So I don't recommend right. like a year or two years. You know, if you've got like, you know, if you've got a $200,000 budget and you got a million dollars in the bank, you're, you're doing something wrong. Um, so that you can do that. You can, it can be overkill because uh, people will still give through a recession. It just, it will be depressed. Um, it will not be as, uh, yeah, that's right. As good. You, you won't have the, the numbers that you've had in the past. It, yeah. And we've had a great run the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this is something to consider. I think, um, this budget cycle, next budget cycle, people, you, you need to really be asking yourself the question, um, how much do we need? What does this look like? The other thing to look at is cash flow. Mm -hmm. So when do these expenses occur? I mean, you ha may have a million dollar budget and some of our listeners are like a million dollar budget and they're laughing like that. That would be like, wonderful. Yeah, yeah, that'd be wonderful. <laughs> it's more like a hundred thousand dollar budget. Mm -hmm. But where do those, where in the year do those expenses occur? That's right. And so you need to be asking that question too. So just as an example, our church, our uh, we have two times a year that are typically our thin financial times, right? So January is usually one of the worst months for us. And June, July, August would be the other portion of time that's really not good for us at all. And yet our, some of our June, July are 
are arguably our biggest expenditure months of the year because we have youth camp, we have children's camp, we have some mission trips. There's a number of factors that happen. So, you know, if we don't plan accordingly, if we don't manage our cash flow, we're going to find ourselves in a really difficult situation in these two months when we have low income, high expenditures. Yeah. And the other thing to note is um, as you're preparing financially, um, I know some some of our listeners may be in churches where pastors know who gives what. We don't. I don't ever see a name attached to an amount myself. Neither do I. But um, you need to make sure that you at least have a breakdown of, you know, how much are the top 10 givers giving? You may not know who they are, uh, you know, and what does that look? How old are they? So right. if, you know, if if you've got a bunch of, if all of your top 20 givers are 80 plus, then that I mean, praise God. I mean, they're praise giving Lord, in their but that's 80s. also concerning. It's very concerning because, you know, weathering the storm, you may be able to weather the storm, but the other side of the storm could be even worse. Well, and remember too, um, then, then if you're, if all of your givers happen to be young, that tends to be less stable income, right? The older you get, the more stable the income tends to be. Older. So if your givers are older in a recession, you're going to have a more stable giving pattern. Mm-hmm. If your givers are younger in a recession, you're going to have a more volatile giving pattern. Yeah. Um, and you just need to know that. Now, the good thing about young givers is the future's bright. That's so, right. So, y- you know, so there's, there's pros and cons there. So this is another, um, I could, this is a whole other podcast, but it's an argument for a multi-generational church and how that's. That's right. It balances from a risk out perspective, From a risk well. perspective, risk management that's perspective, right. it's much better to have a multi-generational church. It's the truth. Um, but that being said, you need to prepare financially. And I would, I would make the argument that, you know, we're, we're going to hit a recession sometime in the next, I don't know, I hate to make predictions like this, but probably five to 10 years, if not earlier. Well, I'd say before that. I mean, that I would think be, a, that's, I'm trying to be as vague as possible. Yeah. I mean, we're, we've been in an unprecedented bull market, which is yeah. awesome. I love it. Yeah. I love our economy. I love our nation. I love our free market system, but recessions do occur. And I would say sometime in the next couple of years, we're probably going to see a pullback if we're not right. already there. Right. Yeah. Um, I think our economy is strong and I love the industriousness of the American people. That being said, these things happen. You need to prepare for them. And if you're in, I'm going to take on a bunch of debt mode. I'm going to build a bunch of buildings right now because rates are low. Listen, be careful. Right. Be very careful because um, when you hit crisis, you need a contingency plan. Mm. What what would you do if overnight 20% of your income went away? That's a question you need to ask yourself. Right. Um, Because that could happen. Um, if you know there's layoffs, if particularly if your church is in a community where everyone works or half your people work at the same place, mm-hmm. same factory, the same you know business, right. you know you need to ask yourself that question. If we had a twenty percent pullback, what would we do? And you need to build in contingency plans to be able to manage that. Yeah, and I would say the other uh, we're getting close to being having to wrap up our time, but I would say the other thing I would mention too, Sam is. Uh, rethink your budgeting strategy. I mean, I grew up at a time when our budgeting strategy was, we called it faith-based budgeting, and uh, we would mm-hmm. budget aggressive growth budgets every year. And uh, then it would, be, it would be normal for you to not reach your budgeted goal, but you'd hopefully do well. We've, we've reversed that philosophy. And so we're, uh, I would actually like to get to a point where our budget is actually less than the income we brought in. Absolutely. We're not quite there. We're you know what faith-based there. budgeting really was, Micah? What's that? I want to be able to brag to my buddies 
<laughs> about the budget. About how big the budget is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we've I, got I mean, a $3 million budget. Well, what'd you bring in last year? Well, $400,000. It's like, uh, well, no, I, I was going to say it's, it's speculation is what it is. Uh, and so we, I mean, we've moved, I, we just approved our budget. We just started it last week. It was about a two, not even a two and a half percent increase over this past year's giving. And uh, I'd still rather get to the place where we're budgeting less than we actually gave, but it takes us a few years to be able to get to that place. We, we, proje- whenever you're budgeting, project your revenues first. Yeah, that's what always we project your revenues first and then go into your expenses yeah, and make sure right. that you're budgeting expenses about 5% lower, 2% lower than your projected revenues. Mm. That's the smart way to do it. Um, that will give you some cushion should you have a downturn. That's well, right. And you know what? Here's the thing. So we're talking about crisis. We're talking about um, moments that uh, cause people great distress. Um, distress. And you know what? Our sponsor, uh, go check out Church Initiative and That's their right. resources because you, if you experience these sort of things, on the backside of this, you're going to need some help. And Church Initiative is a good, good one to offer that. So churchinitiative.org slash es. Well, Micah, what uh, what final? We used to do this on Rainer on Leadership, and so I'm going to play the role of the voice, Jonathan Howe. Uh, Dr. Fries, do you have any final closing thoughts? Yeah, I would just say, I mean, I'm, I'm going to run to sort of some spiritual application if I can, but just plan accordingly, plan wisely, but trust the Lord. Now, don't exclusively trust the Lord and then plan I've seen people use trusting the Lord as justification for mm-hmm. dumb planning. I'm not saying that. In, this, in, in the center of our hearts, the way we survive, the way we thrive in the midst of difficult challenges is we trust, we have confidence in his sovereignty. And mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't think of a better thing to encourage you towards than that. Well, listeners, that's about all the time we have for today. We absolutely love that you listen to this podcast. Some of you have emailed me. You, 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 get, you, know, you um, hit us up on Twitter, on the Twitter, as Josh would say. Uh, so check us out. Uh, please rate and subscribe with the podcast, whether that be on iTunes or uh, Google Play or whatever podcasting uh, tool that you use. Um, and we just want to say thanks to all of you. Hope that you are managing this coronavirus, coronavirus crisis well. And uh, we'll see you next time on the next episode. Hey, this is Tom Rayner. I'm here to tell you about Church Initiative. This ministry partner has been around for a quarter century, 25 years, and they're the creator of two highly respected ministries that can help your church grow and revitalize. They are Grief Share and Divorce Care. I just commend them to you greatly. I know you're busy, so the thought of adding another ministry sounds challenging, but the makers of Grief Share and Divorce Care get that. It's why they have a team of experienced coaches. They equip your church members to get the program started, so it's not just on your plate. Pastors are saying this is one of the most easiest, most effective ministries they've ever offered. Visit churchinitiative.org forward slash EST to learn more about this life-changing support group that will draw people to your church. Or check today's show notes and you can find the link there. Make sure you join us and learn about Church Initiative and their great ministries. You've been listening to EST, a discussion for the established church. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, as well as subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcatcher. Thanks for listening.